You may be seated. You may be seated. It is so good to have you here uh, this morning. And, and I, I want you to do this. I want you to turn in your Bibles to, to Ephesians chapter 4, to Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, man, we've got, we've got a, you know, a lot of people even standing in the back and all that. So we've got some room over here. We're, we're filling out, you know, ten, man, 10 o'clock service is right there. You know that if you go to the 10 o'clock service that you're going to beat the Baptist, the Golden Corral. And so I know, I know that's why you're here. But uh, man, we got, we got space over here. So it's great to have you here. And if you're new to Grace, I, I, I want to go ahead and preface where I'm going to go this morning, I'm going to be, uh, I'm, I'm going to be uh, talking to believers. And, uh, you know, we just sang that incredible song, Available. Lord, I'm available for whatever you want me to do. In fact, you know what? I just want to, uh, if I had a big pause button, I'd hit pause. Uh, can I just say, uh, give a big shout out. If you're a, if you're a volunteer and, I mean, you've, you've just said yes to God using you, whether it be here on Sunday, throughout the week, or maybe leading a life group, or maybe in the community. I am so blessed to pastor this awesome group of people. And I just want to say thank you for the difference you are making. Um, man, I've got, I've got a great, uh, well, I say a great message. Is that kind of like, I got a great message. It's going to be awesome. Is that like, it's like self-serving? No, it's God's message. But, uh, but I, I, I'm really excited about what God is doing here. And, and so real quick, if you are a volunteer, I sent you an email this week. And you're like, I didn't get the email. Well, you probably like have me blocked or something. I don't know. Check your junk email. But if you didn't get it, make sure that you reach out to me because we've got something really cool that's going down for our volunteers and something really fun. And so, uh, man, make sure you touch base with me if you didn't get that email. And I'll say this. If you want to get in the game, go back to the next step, sign up. We'll have fun. But, um, but I, there's some great things that God's been doing. And I, I just I want to celebrate what God's even doing in our next gen our Broken Arrow missions team came back. We sent 11 of our teens to serve at an incredible kids camp in New Mexico. And God powerfully used them. And there's some incredible stories. In fact, on Thursday night, the, the speaker was speaking and, and he asked, he said, man, if there are, if there are uh, campers here that want to give their lives to Christ, he said, I'm going to dis dismiss. Whoever wants to go, you can go. But man, if you if God is talking to you and he's calling you to, to give your life to him and repent of your sins, I want you to stay here. Man, over 30 kids gave their life to Jesus Christ last Thursday, man. And I celebrate that, guys. That is awesome. And, you know, if, if maybe you're like, well, they're just kids. Can I tell you what? God gets hold of kids. God changes kids' lives. And do they have everything figured out? No. Like, when you were a kid and God got hold of your heart, like, you still turn into a little devil in your teenage years. Let's be honest. But you learn, you learn about the faithfulness of God. You learn what God was calling you to do. And I believe that he who began a good work is going to be faithful to complete it in the lives of these kids. Man, we support uh, uh, Young Life. Uh, man, it's amazing. We sent about seven of our staff uh, to a camp. They had over 120 kids give their lives to Jesus Christ. They've seen over 250 kids give their lives to Christ already this summer. And I'm just fired up. And so here's what I'm asking, though. Here's what I'm asking of this body. We are sending over 120 campers to our, to our student camp up in McCall. They're going to leave on Friday. We're sending 40, I think they said it was, it was over 40, third through fifth graders to our kids camp up in McCall. Would you, 
by a show of hands, commit to praying that God get hold of our hearts this week? Would you just raise your hand and say, I'm going to pray for our teens and our kids. Okay, listen, let's pray that God gets hold of the, the kids. We have, we have a saying uh, here. We, we say the wave starts in the student section. And we believe when God begins to stir the hearts of kids, begins to change kids' lives and teens' lives, it literally will change the entire church. And so, man, let's be praying. God's got something ready, uh, ready for our, our teens this weekend. He's already at work. But I think he's got something in store for us today because we've been in this series called Watch Your Mouth. I've been, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about the fact that, that God, that God actually cares about what we talk about. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and give you my big point right here at the very beginning. So you can write this down if you're taking notes. God cares about what we say and how we say it. He does. God cares about what we say and how we say it. And so we have, we have been out of James chapter 3. That's kind of the launch pad for this, for this series. But we're, today we're going to break down some of this. In James chapter 3, we, you know, we, we saw this where James wrote that it is ludicrous for us to say that bl- both blessing and cursing can come out of the same mouth. He's like, that, that doesn't make any sense. So, so for instance, like if you plant an apple tree, like it's always going to produce apples. Like if there's a year that it produces bananas, chop down the tree because like there's something wrong with that tree, right? So he's just saying if out of a, if out of a, a mouth comes blessing and cursing, we got a problem. Last week, we looked at James chapter 1, 19 through 21. We looked at the different commitments where we were challenged to be quick to hear, slow to anger, Slow to speak, that is some just, right there, James gives some good preaching right there. Uh, Like that will impact us all. And then he said to receive with meekness the implanted word. Now what I didn't spend a lot of time talking about last week was uh, this whole idea, and I told you I'd get to it this week, of putting away filthiness and what he calls rampant wickedness. Wickedness run amok. It's just, he said put it away. Now you gotta understand when he talked about filthiness and he talked about wickedness, it was within the context of speaking. Now, whether you're watching online, if you're watching online, it's so good to have you join us. We have people that join us from all over the country, actually literally all over the world. But whether you watch me online, whether you're, whether you're here in the room, I, I want to be very clear about who I'm talking to. I, I'm talking this morning to believers. I do not have an expectation for unbelievers to make themselves, to, to just make themselves like these moral people. Now, that doesn't mean that unbelievers aren't moral people, because many unbelievers are moral people. I respect that. I appreciate that. However, I'm talking to believers this morning, children of God. I've got a challenge. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, even if you're an unbeliever, you, you don't have to tune me out, like pull out your phone and play Angry Birds or whatever. You still, there's going to be some good that you'll be able to get out of this. But as believers, I've got a challenge for us. God cares about what we say and how we say it. And so, so this whole idea of put away is, is something that shows up, this, this phrase, put away, it's actually an illustration that shows up time and time again in Scripture. Sometimes it's, it's put away. Sometimes it's put on, put off. And one of the clearest, the clearest teachings on this is found in Ephesians chapter 4. And so I just want to make sure that we have a grasp of this. And so after, you know, you can see beginning there in verse 17, Paul makes this point. If you're, if you're in Christ, you're going to walk in a different way. He said, don't walk like the Gentiles. Now, for us, you know, we don't understand that language. So what he's saying is, don't 
walk like you did when you were an unbeliever because you're not an unbeliever anymore. You're a believer. You have, you've been changed. And so he gives us some, some challenges on that. And, and then after, after you know, talking about what that looks like and all of this, here's what, we, here's what we read in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Learn to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. What he's saying is put off your old self, put on your new self, put, put away your former manner of life and embrace this new you. It's not a you that is, this comes from, from within somehow, like you've changed yourself. No, it's, it's the you that has been cleansed, that has been set free by Jesus Christ. You are, you are no longer your own. You've been bought with a price. You belong to Christ. So, so we embrace this. Now to illustrate this, uh, I, I got to bring something up here. Let me throw this up here. Whoop. Just so you know, that is real dirty laundry, all right? Like I, like, I pulled this out in the dark. I did not turn on the light. I have no idea what totally is in that basket. And so my family, don't, they don't know who it belongs to right now, so this is very exciting for all of us. But anyway, here's the point, right? So, so some of you here this morning, you, you work... Uh, some of you guys work in construction. How many of you guys are contractors? Let me see your hands. Contractors, okay? Contractors. I will guarantee you that there are times you get a little dusty, right? I'm going to pick up my buddy Chip Kinsler over here, okay? So, so, so Chip, I know, is a contractor. I'll guarantee you, Chip, there are days that you come home and you're kind of filthy. And uh, I could ask Beth about this, uh, his dear wife, you know, whether or not he tracks through the house. But, you know, he's probably, he, Chip is very respectful, I'm sure. You know, he takes his shoes off, gets, you know, all clean, you know, you know goes and hopefully showers. Uh, here's the deal. If after... We have, we've come home, we know that we need to get a shower and all that sort of thing. If after we've taken off, uh, you know, we, we've taken off the, the uh, dirty clothes, if we get out of the shower and like, ah, oh, man, I'm feeling good. Um, see, what am I going to wear? You know what? They're not too bad. I'll wear those again. Do the, it's bad, but it's not that bad. If literally, like, if anybody does, no, let me pause. I know, like, if you're in college, like, that is your life. I get that, right? That was me, too. All right, that's, it's like, which thing smells the least worse? You know, you know, so, so I, I, I get that. But I'm, I'm talking about, like, like, if you're married, let's use that. You're married. Nobody's doing that. Or, or if you do, you're not in your right mind, okay? So, so that, th- this is my, what, what we're seeing here, this analogy, this illustration of put off and put on is literally talking about clothing, talking about dusty clothing. They did not have, like, the, you know, nice work boots or whatever. You walked around in sandals, all right? Your feet got dirty. Your clothes got dirty. You, they didn't have sidewalks or anything like that. They had dust. And so, so at, the, at the end of the day, you take off the old, and you put on the clean, the fresh, the, the new. Do you get, get what he's saying here? Put off the old and put on the new. God, God is interested, and God has opinions, 
And God cares about what we say and how we say it. And hopefully you've been picking this up as we've been going through this, um, this whole series, Watch Your Mouth. It's not just that when we're cleansed that, that God changes us on the inside. He changes our heart. What we see is that God changes our hands, our feet, where we go, what we do. But, but, but don't miss this. He changes our mouth. He literally changes our mouth. And so today as I'm, share, as I'm sharing, some of you are going to look at this and like, yeah, it's just a legalistic thing. Don't, don't, I do not want you to buy into what I say because some legalistic, hey, let's, let's become a more moral person. My, my assumption is that there are those of you that are here that you know you, you're a child of God, you, you want to follow God, and gen, you, you genuinely want to, to, to break free from your past. That, that's my assumption. That's who I'm talking to this morning, okay? So there are, there are two things I want to look at, and just I'm going to tell you right now, if I don't get to all this, that's fine. Well, we'll finish it up next week. I'm not stressed about that. So you're like, look at the time. He's not going to finish. We got blanks on our sermon guide. Chill. We're going to be good. We'll get to it next week, okay? So here, here's the, the, the two things. God wants us to shut up, and God wants us to speak up. Now, some of you are like, we don't say shut up in our house. You're like covering the ears of your kids or whatever. I get that. I respect that. We're our house the same way. I said, remember uh, Cole, my youngest, he was a little kid, like three or four. He came in. He's like, oh. I'm like, what? Cass said the S word. The S word. So Cass, come in here. I'm like, what did you say? She said, shut up. And so, and listen, I get that. Like, if, you're, if that's your house, respect that, okay? That's not what, but this is going to work for what we're talking about because when I say that God wants us to shut up, ungodly speech has to be stopped and dropped. God doesn't want to just change our hands or feet, remember. He wants to change our mouth. God cares about what we say and how we say it. Now, my, when I was a kid, my mom had this whole thing where she would threaten my brother and I with a bar of zest that blew like, like streak zest soap. Remember that? Anytime my brother and I got mouthy or we said something we weren't supposed to say, said a word or whatever, she's like, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap if I hear that again. Anybody ever get that same threat? Let me see your hands. I see you. We've all been abused. Okay, so <laughs> I called my brother this week and I'm like, hey, hey, Bob, did, did mom ever like really make you eat soap or like try to wash? And he's like, no. He said, there are a couple times I thought she was going to do it though. She never did it to me either. So it's just this threat. But we all know that the washing out, whatever that, you know, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. That doesn't change anything. It just gets bubbles in the mouth. Literally, we, we talked about this last week. A cleansed mouth starts with a cleansed heart. It really does. And that doesn't mean that we can't, we, you know, there's some of us that, man, we just, you know, again, we're, we're unbelievers, but we're not going to talk a certain way. I get that. But, but I want to talk to Christians. There's some areas in which we need to shut up. Three specific areas. Number one, we need to shut up dishonest speech. And, and we keep on reading here in Ephesians chapter 4. You've got to keep your Bibles open because I'm going to be hitting this. But in, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, he, sa he says this towards the end of, of the chapter. He says, therefore, having put away falsehood. I'm, I'm sorry, I said the end. I was looking at the next line. Uh, no, this was in uh, verse 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. 
And so I, I don't know what you, when you think of that, you're like, okay, I'm going to put away falsehood. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I get that. But, but, it, but it's more than that. It's, it's literally putting away deception, deceptive speech, in which we take part of the truth, but we don't tell the whole thing or we manipulate or use it to bring about our own ends. God cares about that. He, that. That's not what he called you to do. Did you know that God does not need you to bring about his results? And if you have to deceive people in any way, and you're doing this for a good reason, God really doesn't need you to do that. Kind of reminds me, you know, this whole deception thing. There's a guy, he backed into somebody's car in a parking lot. Like, I mean, tagged it good. And like there were a lot of people who saw it, so he got out and he had a note and a paper and he, he wrote this note. The guy that came out found this note. Dear sir, I accidentally hit your car. Right now, everybody is watching me write this note and they think I'm giving you my contact information, but I'm not. Good luck. And just the guy came out and found that. The guy, the, the, the guy was obviously intending to deceive. I, I'm going to do something that looks good, but I know the motive behind this is wrong. And, and, and what, what we're seeing here is put away falsehood. Quit trying to deceive one another. One of the things that I love about the, the people of God is that what marks us, how will they know Jesus said that you're my disciples? By your love for one another. And he says, put away this falsehood. Put away this. this we, we can't be deceptive by nature and, and, and then and, and continue to live that way after we've met Jesus. We can't be, be deceptive and imitators of God at the same time. Peter says in 1 Peter 3.10, the one who wants to love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. And one thing that is killing the church right now is the fact that many times Christians have bought into a, either a political narrative, a cultural narrative, whatever's going on with COVID and all that sort of thing, and we are more interested in finding validation of our position than we are the truth. And so as a result, we knowingly pass along misinformation because we're trying to sway people to our side of the thing. That's wrong. Dishonesty is dishonesty. If you're Republican, you're a Democrat... You're pro-vax, anti-vax, it doesn't matter. Listen, listen, this is, this is still relevant for 2021. Right. Put away deceptive speech. Right. He says to put off the old and to put on the new. It's interesting, this whole idea, this motif of clothing is found through Scripture. We're told that we are clothed in righteousness. We've been given new garments, robes of white, it's, it's interesting why that is such a significant thing. It's because it clearly marked, there's a demarcation between the old and the new. And so we just need to shut up with the dis dishonest speech. This is what God's saying. You're like, well, he didn't say it that way. I just want to make sure we get it, okay? So here we go. Second thing that, that uh, I want to challenge us to is to shut up the corrupting talk. Verse 29 let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Chapter 4 comes to a close, and, and again, it's this put off, put on. It's within this context. In fact, John says earlier, he says, walk in love and talk in love. He puts the two together. It's not just enough to walk in love. We also 
talk in love. There's four pastors that they went on a spiritual retreat together, and it was, it was awesome. They were spending time studying the word, praying. And, and one night, they'd been there a couple nights at the retreat, and, and uh, they were sitting there. They prayed together, and, and God just moved in the heart of one of the pastors. And he said to the other three guys, he's like, man, he said, I, I've really appreciated this time. He said, I, I just feel like I need to come clean. And, I, man, I want you guys to pray for me in this area. He said, uh, man, I've been struggling with anger. And he said, it's... It literally is impacting my, my family. He said, I'll find myself reacting angrily to my wife, to my kids. And, and he said, I, I don't want this. He said, would you guys pray for me? And of course, they're like, yeah, we'll, absolutely, we'll pray for you. Next guy said, well, I appreciate your openness. And he said, because I've been struggling in this. He said, it sounds crazy. He said, but I, I've started doing online gambling. And, you know, it just started off as a little game. And he said, I'm addicted and this is costing us. And he said, I, I want God to break the chains. Would you pray for me? And again, they said, man, we're in this. And because the other two guys did this, the third guy felt openness. And he said, he said, guys, he said, man, Satan's been tempting me in this area, even my thought life, what I look at. And he's trying to take me back. I, that's not who I want to be, but I'm fighting this temptation in a, in a terrible way. Man, would you guys pray for me? And man, absolutely. And they look over at the, the fourth pastor and they're like, man, anything we can pray about? And he just kind of hesitantly said, yeah, he said, I, I really struggle with gossip. And uh, it got really quiet. <laughs> and like, we're in trouble. <laughs> you know, it's funny, when we think about corrupting talk, a lot of times we're thinking about, you know, dropping the F-bomb or something like that. And hey, that's part of this. But you notice that he he mentions gossip and slander. Church, churches across the country, I'm going to tell you, there are places this week where people are going to give prayer requests and it's nothing more than gossip. I wish you'd pray for John. Tell you what, terrible, what's happened to their family. His wife ran off with the, the next door neighbor. And it's like, dude, God calls gossip gossip, whether or not it's a prayer request. I don't care what you call it, gossip's gossip. Slander. He says, put away slander. What is slander? Slander is when you demean somebody so you can lift yourself up because you're jealous of, of where they're at. You, you cut them down. Can I tell you that, that that has zero place, zero place in the life of a child of God? It doesn't. And, and, and again, I'm not here to just legalistically pound a drum. I'm, I'm, I'm just shooting straight with you guys. You want to follow Jesus? I, I'm, I want to talk to people who want to follow Jesus. I want to be like Christ. I don't want to be like the world. I want to be like Christ. It, I, you know, it's, it's crazy. Even uh, Scripture, Scripture speaks, speaks pretty clearly to this. Proverbs 20, 19 is pretty blunt. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, he just says, don't associate with them. They're a babbler. They're a simple babbler which means that Jesus might love you, but right now he doesn't want the rest of his people hanging out with you because you're a cancer. You see, th th this has nothing to do with, uh, with, our, with our assurance of salvation. It's that God wants to transform us from the inside out. This is what James is saying. Why, why should out of the same mouth come praise and let's give God glory and let's sing these songs of praise and at the same time, man, run down the guy just because we're a little jealous of his position or the fact that he has a little favor or whatever the case happens to be. This should not be, is what James says in James chapter 3. 
But, but, but I want us to keep going. Look at, look at uh, uh, keep going to Ephesians chapter 5. He, he continues this theme in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes on the sons of disobedience. He just calls it out, man. And you're like, yeah, well, I just think it's legalistic. It's in the word of God, okay? Like, I'm not, I'm not just making this up because can I tell you that there are times when there, there are words that come to my mind really quick that I really don't like those words coming to my mind first. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about someone who like slips up. Like one time, this is crazy. I was preaching one day and I, I meant to say one thing and little, I don't know where the word came from. I'm not going to tell you what it is. This, the word came out and it was an inappropriate word. It came out and like on the way out, like some of the guys are, hey, way to go pastor. I'm glad you're my pastor. Just keeping it real. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm doing. I didn't mean to. Okay, there are times, man, like, like I was putting together a bed, you know, a few years ago, and, and man, this, this, it was a day bed for the kid, and the, the rail would not go on right, and I had my screwdriver, and I'm jamming it in there, and it catches my thumb, and out comes the word that your pastor should not say, and, and I was convicted immediately, and, and God used my wife to convict me. She was like... Thank you, Jesus is right. That's exactly right. But you know, I'm not talking about, I'm, I am talking about where, where we literally continue these, these old habits. We don't surrender to the Lord. We don't let go. I'm talking about where, where vulgarity defines us. Can I tell you that for the child of God, there's no difference if you're in this room and you're having a conversation with me or a saint of God and what happens in the workplace? If you're in Christ, you're in Christ. And I'm, I'm going to take it a step further. And, and, and again, Guys, I want more than anything to follow Jesus myself. I want to become like Christ. I, I want to pastor a church. Man, we're, we're, we're after this. Dude, sexual innuendo, sexual jokes, and all of that have no place in the life of a believer. It gets pretty quiet when I talk about this because we've all been there. We've been guilty of that. I say we've all been there. Many of us have been there. You see, I want to be more passionate about following Jesus than I do about getting a cheap laugh. God cares about what we say and how we say it. If not, it wouldn't be in his word. It it shows up all all through his word. And listen, man, I get the fact we are in we are surrounded. We can't watch anything these days, whatever. Man, we, we, we live in a fallen world. We get this. Can I tell you that if, if he had to say it back then, that means that they were facing the same struggles that we face here today. Right. They're living in a fallen world just like we're living in a fallen world. It's always, you know, it's like, oh man, if we'd have been back there when Jesus lived, we'd all be doing perfect. No, we'd probably be shouting crucify like everybody else. The reality is we all need the grace of God. And, and what was true then, the, the thing I love about Scripture, it's just as relevant today in 2021 as it was the day these words were penned. Amen. And we need to shut up with the corrupt talk. And the last thing I'm going to leave you in the shut up, because I've got to keep moving. Shut up with the profanity. Yes. 
That's what I'm saying, brother. No, no, seriously, think about this. When, when we talk about profanity, we, we many times, it's the third commandment, like if you memorize the, the Ten Commandments when you're a kid, thou shall not take the Lord's name in vain. You, 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 you memorize that, you knew, you knew that. A lot of times we just think of just using Jesus' word, as an, Jesus' name or whatever as an expletive. And that, that is true, that is profanity. But, but when I say shut up the profanity, it's more than just that. It's, it's using his name in a way that it's, it empties it of worth and of glory and of value where we just throw it into, it's just, it's just part of our, our conversation and it has nothing to do with glory or, or honor. Can I take it a step further? Taking the Lord's name in vain is anytime we add the, the, the phrase, God told me to give weight to something that had nothing to do with God that's just our decision. I hear this all the time. It's like, the, it's like, I mean, you can have a conversation and anytime it's like, people just want to play the trump card. They don't want to listen to you like, well, God told me to do this. Like, okay, well, hey, end of story. Where we're going to go from there. Who might argue with God? Now, obviously, if what they say is totally against scripture, it's like, well, God's not going to, you know, go against his written word. I'll call that out. But I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? There are a lot of times that, that in fact, we'll approach somebody, somebody's irritating us, and we want to give them a piece of our mind, but we always start because start we get a little, wait, you know, I really believe that God's laid it on my heart to have a conversation with you. No, you're just kind of ticked at the person. What, what I'm talking about is, is anytime we, we use the name of God in such a way that it empties it of its glory, of its majesty, that it fails to honor him for who he is. Verse 30, look at chapter four. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And what, I, what, I, what I wanna say to this is that this, there will be a distance between us and God there can also be a distance between us and another person relationally when we don't shut up and stop and drop the ungodly speech. Now, I told you there were two sides of this, and I, I'm going I'm to close with this. I'm supposed to shut up, but there's, there, there are areas in, in which God wants us to speak up. Not, he did not save us to stop our speech when he saved us he also desires to use our speech. We're called to be his witnesses. We're called to be his ambassadors. We're called to, we're, we're called to be evangelists, to, to, to share our testimony. How do we overcome? By the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony. It's spoken. And so there's, there, there's an area, and we're not gonna get, we're gonna fully break this down, but I'm just gonna leave you with this very quickly. Man, that God is calling us to not only shut up, but also to speak up, to intentionally speak words of life and blessing. And I, I'm, I'm going to close by just giving you some really, really practical, practical uh, things that I want to challenge you to speak as we go from here. This is application. There are four, and I say four, there are at least four phrases that every person needs to hear. Number one, they need to hear these words, I love you. You're like, well, I didn't say it in my household. It doesn't matter. We you're probably damaged because of that. Can, can I tell you that this, this whole thing, you know, words really don't matter, you know. No, they do. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. 
Many of us are damaged not because of physical abuse, but because of what we did hear or what we didn't hear. Listen to me. Every person I know needs to hear those words, I love you. I've had people uh, sit down with me in my office and tell me, I've never in my entire life had anybody tell me that they love me. And usually when that happens, I, I stop them and I say, I want you to know, I love you. And God loves you too. And when I've said those words, there have been people that have broken and wept. Everybody needs to hear those words, I love you. You know what another phrase is? I'm just gonna, this is really practical. Everybody needs to hear the words, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. My, my, my family, we, I come from a, a family of hard working, achieving we, we set goals and go for it. I mean, I can go all the way back to my great, great, great grandfather. It's just something that, uh, if there's one thing that we pass on, it's that. But my dad was so, so very driven. And there, were, there have been times where I've asked my dad, uh, and this was actually several, a few years ago, I asked my dad, I said, man, you are, man, you are just a driven guy. I said, what drives you? And he said, I didn't know this when I was a younger man. He said, but as I've got older, he said, you know what drives me? He said, I never heard your grandpa t- tell me I'm proud of you. He said, the weird thing is, he said, I'm still trying to, to earn those words. He retired, was taking care of my grandparents. And I'll never forget the day that my grandpa, just in passing, said, Keith, I appreciate all you've done for us. I'm proud of you. My dad left that house. He had to run out of the house. And he ran home, and a 60, 60-some-year-old guy wept like a baby. My question is, how many times have we withheld that from our kids, from our spouses, from our friends, from the people that we love? How many times have we just failed to speak words of life? I love you. I'm, pr- I'm proud of you. By the way, when you say I'm proud of you, just don't say those words. Say I'm proud of you because. And give them, give them a reason why you're proud of them. Third, third thing is this. I see in you. These are prophetic words that give life. I'm so thankful that across the years there have been men and women who spoke those prophetic words and they saw things in me, God opened their eyes to potential in me that I did not see in myself. And when they spoke those words, when they spoke them in a weird sort of way, God used them to speak into existence something I didn't even know that was possible. And there are going to be times that God is going to open your eyes and he's going to give you that, that privilege and that honor of saying to somebody that you know that is with you, say, man, there is something I see in you. Here's what I see in you. I'm going to leave you with this. The last phrase that everybody needs to hear, especially if there's going to be trust and respect in a, in a healthy, and, and we're talking now with, within, within relationship, these words, I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. Can I tell you that outside of hearing those words, it's really hard to, to trust and respect a person that will never admit they're wrong. And let's just be honest, it's our insecurities, it's our stupid insecurities that keep us from saying, I'm sorry. Like, how, how many of you, I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands, do not raise your hand, okay? Like, how many of you, you, you get in a fight with your spouse and you get in the middle of the fight and you're like, I'm wrong. And how many of you just keep going? Come on, I do this. And, and I, it's the stupidest thing. And then God takes me to the, the spiritual woodshed, and I'm glad he does. And, and guys, this, 
l- listen, those, those words, those two words, I'm sorry, it's amazing the healing that can come when we will own it and we will speak these words. Guys, we're going to break this down more next week. All I know is this, God cares about what we say. He cares about how we say it. We're called to shut up, to stop and drop the ungodly speech and to speak up, to speak words of life and freedom. Listen, this is what God has called us to do. And so listen, as we go into this, as we go into this week, every one of us are going to have opportunities to either put off and put on or to go back to the dirty laundry. Guys, that is stupid to get your clothes out of there, unless you're in college. I'll give you, a, if you're in college, I, I, give you a, I give you an out there. But everybody else, just it makes zero sense. Guys, let's speak words of life. Let us walk in love, but let's not stop there. Let's also talk in love. And so, Father, for what you're going to do for your people as we go, God, for how your Holy Spirit is going to continue to change us and how you're going to continue to speak through us, I want to thank you for the fruit that's going to come because I'm convinced that if we will live this, if we will begin to intentionally, intentionally commit our speech to you, to surrender this to you, and, and we, will, we will on purpose follow you, we will listen to you, we will respond to your voice, we will obey, we won't hold back, we'll let you be Lord of not just all of us but the mouth, but Lord of the tongue too. Lord, I believe that there is going to be a tangible difference in our lives, that, that this whole process of sanctification, which God initiates, is going to be something in which we get to participate, and it's something that's going to change us. And Lord, I want to thank you for what you're going to do as we go, as we commit to you. God, we know you've got to change your heart, but then you're going to change your mouth. So I want to thank you for the mouths that you're going to cleanse even this week, and I thank you for what is in store, and we pray this in Jesus' strong name. And all God's people said... Amen. Love you guys. Have a great week. See you next Sunday.